the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. All right, welcome to the show. We're here with Chad Daniker. He is top 20 real estate agent in San Diego, has a team, Chad Daniker and Associates, also with Compass. We're in the mortgage business for five years, so he knows a thing or two about mortgages, but he focuses on luxury real estate, right? And Absolutely, 100%. So welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, stoked Great to have you here. here, man. Yeah. This has been, uh, it's been a while, I wanted you to come on and we finally made it work. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> so, um, Tell us how you got into the mortgage, or not mortgage business, but the real estate business. So I grew up in San Diego, mm-hmm. right? Graduate college, and it's like everybody's looking to get their first job, and it's kind of like what's trending in the market, right? right? You know, if you're maybe five years younger than me, it's tech. But when I came out of school, mortgage was happening. I mean, yep. it was big. It was countrywide. It was fast and easy. Yep. I mean, you're in mortgage or loan officers, and everybody, you know, it was 2002, right? Right. So the market's running three, four, five, up into six, just a big run, right? And so, you know, I was looking at all the options out there and I was looking where I wanted to live and the cost of homes and just Mm -hmm. the lifestyle I wanted to have. And it was like all paths kept just pointing back to real estate. That was just the thing in San Diego County at the time. So, I mean, just kind of a a benefactor of what the economy was doing at the time, really. Nice, nice. And probably seeing some people driving some nice cars and just like just living like, like getting big checks. I remember seeing like the first time I got in the mortgage business and I got my first check. I was just like. Holy shit. Like, and I went to the bank teller that I used to work with and this cute girl and I like showed her the check and she smiled. It's like, what do you, you want to go to dinner? <laughs> like, I was so, so excited. Great. Like, so but great. I got this big check, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally different than your normal, like, you know, wage earner job at the time. Right. Like, San Diego has always been such a small market. I mean, you know, really like our big industries, like technology or excuse me, uh, always been education, mm-hmm. military, like, um, think about like traveling, right? Like people coming in, staying at hotels, like hospitality, hospitality, tourism. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't had a whole lot of like big, like tech and biotech until, you know, 20 years later now. Right. So, so it's, it's, you know, it's always been a good place to be right. San Diego. It's like, if you're going to be in real estate, you want to be somewhere where the prices are high, where people want to be, there's a influx, right. Instead of people leaving. I mean, I know California in general, people have left this last couple of years, but I think San Diego has had a net increase, right? It's um, it's an interesting dynamic. We're about balanced. Okay. Uh, we did have an increase and then we kind of backed off a little bit. But the difference is, is we've had a lot of people that were fixed income or retirement age, sell their real estate high, move to Nevada, move mm. to Arizona, Texas, Florida, wherever, you name it, right? Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of the Bay Area folks move come in. down, a lot of the tech and biotech moving yep. in. So it's um, it's been, you know, those service jobs getting replaced with like big business. So San sure. Diego's growing up, but you know, I don't think we always knew what we had here and how special it was in terms of like the cost of real estate and just the cost of everything. Yeah. Because we didn't have big incomes, right? I mean, you were right. Like the Bay Area has massive incomes. Massive incomes. In in Los Angeles, massive incomes, right? Massive, massive. Bigger disparities probably in Los Angeles too because you have the the poor and and then the rich and it's like then everyone's struggling to be an actor or whatever. I mean, there's there's just so much wealth in LA and international wealth. It's much more of an international city than San Diego. Very true. And so... um, it's San Diego's always been beautiful. It's mm-hmm. always been amazing, the climate, the weather and everything, but it's always been small. Yeah. And kind of the secrets out now. And, you know, I mean, you've seen our population grow. You've seen our real estate prices go up. I mean, it's San Diego's changing. So what I like about that, the improvements and the growth is like the new restaurants we're getting. Right. The like culinary we to, scene is elevated tremendously in the last boomed, 10 years. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's been very cool. Yeah. Um, 
I remember we were talking back in, in COVID and how, and cause you focus sometimes on like luxury condos and penthouses and stuff like that. And I remember it just being so tight and people not wanting to, to live downtown and you know, because of the cause COVID yeah. that obviously took a turn pretty quick. Right. And people like shifted and they wanted to be back in downtown when it opened up. Or- yeah. I mean, that was an interesting market, right? Like um, we did probably, I don't know, 70% of our business downtown, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, you know, I decided I wanted to be a specialist and do that and really just own a market Yep. and, you know, made that bet. Right. And everything's great. And then COVID hits. <laughs> and I mean, it was like a boa constrictor took downtown and just choked it off. Oh, yeah. Nobody was interested. People were, you know, fling for the hills. You're seeing what's going on in New York city with all these deaths and like, right. You know, that people were thinking that's going to happen here. And then you got riots going on in San Diego. It was, um, it was pretty bleak. I mean, there was windows boarded up at all the retail stores downtown because they were worried about looting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, yeah, I mean, everything just stopped. And then, of course, the government came in and said, hey, like, real estate agents, you can't work. Right. Like, no working. And so, I mean, it was literally just a dead stop. Yeah. Kind of a scary moment in time, you know, actually. And, and like I, showings, right? Listings and you couldn't, we couldn't really... show a thing. Right. Yeah. And then nobody wanted anybody in their house. So even right. if you wanted to sell like and, and go somewhere else, you, you know, you were most people that had second homes were heading out of the city to their second homes or weren't visiting yep. their second or third homes in the city. Right. So, yeah. That, so that was that was gnarly. <laughs> it was gnarly. It yeah. was it was definitely heavy. And I, I mean, I remember sitting with you on the beach and yeah. we were just talking about our businesses and what was going on. And we were we were kind of a support system for each other, which was which was super cool. You know, yeah. um, was, you know, was a crazy time. Yeah, given the time, it was nice to have that uh, that camaraderie we have with our you yeah. know our entrepreneur organization forum. Yes, so. EO love uh, love that. Shout out to EO. Um, so you went to Compass and talk talk about like that transition real quick. So like, I mean, yeah. So I had a brokerage that I'd grown. We had twenty six agents, um, and I, I found that I didn't personally love being the broker. Yeah. Right. I, you know, well, brokers, so much drama, like, it, it, yeah, you, all the problems come to you. It's right. drama. You're not really like client interfacing. You're not really working on like clever marketing strategies and whatnot. And I just kind of got to the point where I was like, yeah, like <laughs> someone else deal with that it, crap. Yeah. It. Yeah. And, and I was fortunate because the timing, like I got lucky on the timing. This is pre COVID. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we've got um, a number of companies that come to town. Right. So uh, Compass, Better Homes and Gardens was making a run at San Diego and then mm-hmm. Coldwell Banker West. And so I had three companies approach us that wanted to buy us because yeah. they wanted to get a presence in downtown. And the easiest sure. way to do that is just to buy your way in. Right. And so I, you know, I mean, it had been like something in the back of my mind mm-hmm. and then those opportunities presented and then it was three people competing. And so we got an offer that I just couldn't say no to. And That's it's good. I mean, and for they had me, the technology and things like that. Right, yeah, I mean, too. they're running all the tech. They're running the right. back end on that stuff. It's really nice. They're constantly improving things. Uh, you know, the, the life of many real estate agents, especially if you're trying to run a, a, a larger organization, is that you got to wear 50 different hats, right? Every year yes. you got to go through and look at all the new technology that's out there. And how does that compare to what I'm using and what's better? Because, you know, you're always trying to stay on top. Yep. Right. And so right. that's a lot of extra work. It's a whole nother job. And then right? you can't even focus on the things you're the best at, right? Which right. is and, people and, and people, right? Yeah. yeah. People marketing, just so you can talk to more people, meet more people and just great customer service and, you know, managing employees and processes and whatnot. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that, I mean, that was a, a, a tremendous gift, I'll mm-hmm. call it, because it was, I was spending more of my time something doing something that I didn't enjoy. Yeah. Got to hand that over and got compensated for it, which was nice. And then uh, COVID hit, right? <laughs> and and all the political part of how do you manage your business with COVID and what is policies and protocol and all that. Like, yeah. Can you imagine not having that 
going through COVID. That would have been tough. It was, it wasn't on me. Yeah. Right. It was on yeah. them. Right. And so that was, that was kind of nice because it just took some responsibility away that, that wasn't responsibility that produced income or helped clients. Right. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, it didn't really serve. I mean, it had to be done. Yeah. But it wasn't serving our clients necessarily. And it certainly wasn't like, you know, producing revenue or creating more jobs. Right. So. Right. So Compass, I imagine, <clears throat> well, with the market shifting and everything, um, they they took on a lot, right? They took on a massive, they bought up so much. They took on, I mean, imagine what, tell us what's going on with Compass right now. I mean, good and bad, whatever. So I, I think with, you know, and I mean, you're seeing it in mortgage, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, you, you've seen the, the brakes get pumped. So in San Diego County right now, um, year over year through June, I mean, we're 40% down on the number of pending home sales, right? Yeah. So that's the leading indicator on the sales that are going to happen. If you're 40% down on pendings, you're going to be 40% down on sales by the end of this month. Yep. Right. And so if you take 40% of the transactions out of the market and Compass is the lar largest brokerage, both by number of units and dollar volume in San Diego County, like that's going to hit the bottom line. Yeah. And so Compass, um, you, you know, the one thing that I will say that Compass has going for it is it's not a franchise. So it's not siloed in every different location. It's one company with employees that share all the same technology mm -hmm. so it's like if they build it somewhere it's spread all the way across the united states we're all accessing the same tools yeah so you get economies of scale with that right you just have more people using the same tools mm -hmm. um so that's good but compass had to be proactive and say hey like we're gonna have to lay off 10 percent of our workforce and i think yeah. you know probably while, some excess you know yeah well, well sad right because nobody yeah. ever wants to lay off you just want to hear grow 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 and everybody's sure. worried about you know what's our stock valuation worth and all that sure. right like i mean that's that's kind of the uh you know the wall street sense of it but at the end of the day it gives you an opportunity to pump the brakes take a look at what's working what's not and then trim the fat right and, and maybe yeah. get rid of the the weakest 10 percent, right yeah. so yeah. if you can get lean and mean you're still positioned well you still got tons of agents you still have market share. Yeah, that's that's so that's good. But you you feel like they're still strong in this market, even though it's down forty percent. And yeah, I mean, yeah. absolutely. I that's mean, it's good. it's a great company. Um, the fundamentals behind the business are good. I mean, uh, you know, real estate is a tech business now. Yeah. Um, they've been innovative, which is important. You know, so we're we're doing some things that, you know, we're trying to create like a home buyer advantage and a home seller advantage, so that when we go out in the marketplace, because I, you know, I'm, I'm talking to my agents about this daily right now. Yeah. There will be a thinning of the herd. Oh you, yeah. You had Especially more the transactions. Are... Like you had more transactions the last two years. Then in like the previous three year average, like taking out 2020 for COVID, like you were 30% over. Yeah. Right. And so Great we, year. we, we got Last used year, to, yeah. yeah, we got used to that. Right. And you have more agents in the market. So, I mean, something's got to give, right? Yeah. So, so COVID, I think there was a, there was a flight, like we just said, out of the city. Um, people were buying, like say people, someone had a condo, like many people we knew that lived downtown ended up going and buying in Mission Hills or in Rancho Santa Fe or in La Jolla, somewhere else. So they could just have a little more space instead of a condo. They wanted a house, whatever. Right? Do you see like it? Not in the last few months because the markets kind of took a crap. But did you see any kind of shift back to people wanting to come back to to be in downtown, or was it more second homes that you for selling? sure? No, I mean, so I mean, here's what you have to take into account for San Diego, right? When it comes to um, people still love San Diego in terms of the weather. So yeah. you're going to get the second homers. Right. I mean, think about all the money pumped into the economy during COVID. Yeah. Right. So you've got all this extra income, all that PPP money, like, yeah. and then, you know, everybody thinks everything's going to crash, which, it, you know, it was all shut down, kind of flatline. Government injects all this money and then things go wild. Yeah. I mean, just wild. Right? right. And so there's all this money. Everybody's on a spending spree. So no, people are buying second homes. People are buying third homes. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
and you have to think about downtown too there's still you can get into like call it a starter home downtown so you can you can get i don't know you're 25 27 yep. you buy your one bedroom one bath condo and you're you know you're at five six hundred k yeah for a decent condo that was built in 2005 maybe mm-hmm. right newer construction concrete steel glass like decent quality great location you know right. if you have to work from home maybe it's a little tight but you know if you go to work and then you come back you just you don't need your car you can walk all over downtown i mean everything's sure. accessible easy fun for like young active people right so you've got that and then same thing you get into a two bed two bath type property and there, there's good like medium range properties you know like maybe 650 to like 850 mm-hmm. you know you want to get into the views 900 plus but it's it's like where are you finding a single family home for 650 no i yeah, mean it, it doesn't, doesn't exist. exist right so so it, it becomes kind of a starter zone for people that are kind of on the younger spectrum or even a lot of people in the older spectrum like hey my kids are off to college or my kids are grown up now and yep. like we have this big you know six thousand square foot house and there's two of us and we're tired of taking care of it and maintaining we it we want to have a doorman and don't want to have a big yeah yard sim- simplify yeah. life we want to you know go we want to go downtown and have a lock and leave lifestyle so we just lock the door we go travel somebody takes care of everything and it's right it's super cheap and convenient and we're five minutes from the airport and you think that like right now with the boomer aging out right the boomer generation there's got to be some some demand for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got two things going on right now. Really, you've got um, you've got the average age that somebody enters the market as a first time home buyer. Millennials uh, with millennials because they waited longer is 33 years old. Okay. And so when you go back, like we, we have to, you know, we're always trying to like look at all the different levers that are going to pull on our economics moving forward. Right. And we're no, right. you know, we don't have a crystal ball, but we're always just trying to use information that's attainable mm-hmm. to try to take a guess at what's coming, right? If you go back 33 years, home formations were huge, meaning that a lot of people were having babies. So there's a lot of households forming with children. At a younger and so age even, yeah. And so you've got this large group of millennials that is for the next three years that are gonna be like that 33 years, 34 years, 35 years, well that's hitting now. So we've got this mm. huge population that's gonna come in to the market as home buyers and they're on average 33 years of age so these aren't people that aren't making money yet these aren't people that are just you know kids out of college that you know are still trying to figure it all out right Right. like i mean in your early 30s is when you start making your money money, yeah Yeah, you know so and then you start having kids and you're gonna need more rooms and you and you do like i remember in my 30s i moved a few different times it wasn't like i just bought my final home right yeah you buy your first townhouse and you go from there to your other house and you know you kind of just play the game that's exactly it um so so i guess that that would be something that i'd be interested to see like the data right and, and you said there's 40 percent less um 40 less pending home sales right so um for year or over listings. year from last year yeah from last year june the month of june right to this year compared to the month of june there's 40 percent less homes under contract yeah. So what about listings, like new listings? Because that to me is like a leading indicator, right? Of like what's going to happen to supply and demand and all that kind of thing. Like that, that's, that's in my mind, you know, people are waiting for this, this wave of all these people to list their homes because of the recession they think that's going to happen and this crash that's going to happen in real estate, which we'll talk about. But um, yeah, yep, curious yep. to see what you're thinking as far as listings go. So you have to have perspective on where you're at, right? The market, like, so I'm gonna just try to like, kind of use an analogy, right? So the market, the last two years, right? And I would say kind of probably the end of this period I'm talking about would be like maybe the end of April, like first week of May, Yep. right? For the last two years, the market, we were doing 200 miles an hour down the freeway, Yeah. right? It was insane. We had never seen real estate. I mean- 40% up in a year, like crazy. In what market did homes go on the market 
and within five days have 20 offers and they're sold for, you know, two, three, four, 500,000 yeah. over list price. Right. I mean, in what time, like what period of time did we ever see that? Right. I remember in, in 05, there was a time when real estate agents were like, if anyone has a condo, I will, I will buy it cash right now. And it was like this crazy, right. It was like this crazy time, but it, that even wasn't even close to it what it was. This. It wasn't this. This is crazy. So the difference, and you bring up a great point, but the difference between then and now is in 05, we had lots of new construction going on. Tons. If you yeah. went downtown in 05, you saw cranes everywhere, mm -hmm. and they weren't apartment buildings. If you go downtown today, you're going to see cranes everywhere too, but the difference is, is there's not one condo building being built right now downtown. All apartments. Everything is market rate apartments. And there yeah. might be some low income and you know some some of that in there and as well. Also, right? There was a lot of condo conversions back then. Yes. Like in 04, yep. or 05, or 06. Yep. And so you're taking these like apartments and turning them into condos. Yes. And and there wasn't they definitely existed, but like yeah. when you really get down there and start looking, there wasn't that many. You there know? wasn't. There wasn't. Yeah. And and you're right about this whole like so it's it, it, it we've gone from like this crazy in, in that in that market, there was this crazy home ownership because anyone could get a home right anyone could fog a mirror buy a house yep fast now and easy. it's been harder to buy a house right and there's a lot of even there's been a lot of uh corporations buying homes and you know funds like blackstone whoever right it's by it was buying up a bunch of houses and in condos and but now like there's a big push for multifamily and and apartment buildings so which you know you also another subject but i know you're you're you do that you dabble in in building apartment buildings and stuff like that yeah we're doing some development stuff yeah. for sure for sure um i mean you know it's an interesting dynamic right because you had um again like going back to like you had no construction of condos then then you have the great recession right you had the mm -hmm. mortgage meltdown and everything yep. you've had a period of 10 to 13 years where nothing new is added mm -hmm. no new home starts nothing downtown Right. From, from what year to what year? From so 2007. Right. I nothing mean, started. Everyone's just nothing, done, bankrupt. Nothing. Not yeah. one new condo building built in downtown, as an example. Now, now, outside of, I use downtown because it's kind of a big market and there's a lot of new building going on there. Yeah. Right. Right. When you get into other established neighborhoods, I mean, it's kind of like people knock down an old house, build a new one. So it's maybe not new inventory, infill. just a rebuilt in inventory. Yeah. Like or maybe, maybe some small yeah. infill where somebody knocks down an old house and builds five townhomes. Right. But that's not enough it's to not really like move the needle. Yeah, right. exactly. And so downtown, you had that huge period where there's no building, right? Yeah. 2018 was the first time. So from 2007 to 2018 was Pacific Gate. That was the first new building that had been built downtown. So you've got that huge gap in time, yep. right? right? And then you've got population increasing in San Diego. And then you get the stimulation of interest rates, yep. right? I mean, interest rates, you could get, you know, down on the two and a half, I mean, two and a half, two and three yeah. quarter percent free, range. Free money, yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically free money. And then on top of that, with COVID, people got PPP money and or you could borrow money on the EIDO loans. Yep. So people were borrowing money from the government at 3%, you know, maybe another half a million dollars or whatever. Yeah. So And a lot of people got forgiveness. And a lot of people got forgiveness. So on it was that. like free money again, and, right? And even if you didn't, right? I mean, 3%, yeah. right? And so people will start speculating. They'll take 3% on, you know, they take a million bucks at 3% and they'll go out and buy things making bets. Like if you bought something in 2020 mm -hmm. making a bet, like Blackstone did that real estate's going to do well, yep. well, shoot, you you averaged over 20% for two consecutive years, which is, that's crazy. Phenomenal. When, yeah. when, you, when you, I think it's always important to set a baseline. If you go to the Midwest, like, 
typically, historically speaking, if your home goes up one percent a year, like you're a happy person. Yeah. I mean, you're happy. You know, uh, this West Coast up. thing, California, <laughs> like we do this like yo-yo, where it's like we're shooting up twenty percent plus a year, and then all of a sudden, like the Great Mortgage Meltdown down, right. and then we, you know, we're shooting up again. And and I'm not suggesting that we're gonna crash like the mortgage meltdown. Yeah. There's a huge difference here, right? Yeah. Everybody had to qualify for their loan. People had, are sitting on loans they can afford. People, are, so I was, um, I, and it's not any, any, it's not any better to rent than it is to, to yeah, if you have a 30 year fix are, at like, two and a half, ridiculous. Yeah. you're up, you're sitting on a golden ticket. Like, yeah. I don't know why people would even list their house at that. Like, so that creates another challenge though. Right. So, right. so, so two things I want to talk about here. Like I think that are important points just talking about the economy and like, you know, you mentioned housing crash and we'd get to it. And I just, I don't see it. Yeah. Um, I don't see it at all. And so I sat with, um, Greg Meyer that works with Allianz. And he, his team manages, they're a worldwide organization. He manages over tri $3 tri trillion. That's a lot $3 of money. $3 trillion. Jeez. It's a lot of money, right? So uh, sitting with Greg Meyer at Allianz, that they, they manage over $3 trillion in assets. That's a lot of money. And, and he's a really smart guy, right? Yeah. And so he, he's got his, his slide deck and he's going over, you know, they're looking at the economy and trying to predict, are we going into a recession? Like, what do we need to be aware of moving forward? How do we, you know, how do we... Um, you know, manage our, all of our assets. Right. Sure. And some of the things that I think he looked at when he got into housing that are super important, he said, look, is, is early indicators on housing. We look at things like credit defaults. So are people like credit card companies, how much money are they writing off as a loss? Sure. Are people starting to default on their credit cards yet? It was like 1.2%. Very His, low. Historically low. Historically low. So, so I think though people are starting to use credit cards where like they weren't using them for quite a while there was just like no need to use their credit cards but if you look at data now i've heard there's a little spike in credit card usage so maybe that number could change but that's a good sign right well, i mean this is all just early indicators right yeah it, it's it's all human behavior that we got to figure out right, right i right. mean nobody would have thought a, that's a great sign that, that, that tells you people people have equity in their home they're well, that, not, they that, have, that's there's it. no credit card debt. Like, so that's it, right? Nobody's yeah. defaulting on credit card payments, right? The, right? the credit card companies are not writing any credit card debt off. Mortgages, the, you know, nobody's defaulting on their mortgages. Right. Again, it was like under 1%, it was 0.8%, yeah. which is huge, right? Huge. And then not only do we have more equity in our homes than we've ever had in history. 10 trillion. People have more equity, or excuse me, they have more savings in the bank than they've ever had. Right. And so when he talked about these things, he said, look, Q1, we did have a negative uh, GDP, right? Our GDP sure, numbers yeah, yeah. were negative. It was like 1.2% negative. Mm -hmm. um, in Q2, it very well could come in negative too. Now, right. the definition of a recession is two, two quarters of GDP. Yeah. yeah, two consecutive quarters of your GDP being negative, not no growth. It right? probably will be negative. It, it probably it. will. But then when you actually tear into that, it's not because people aren't trying to spend money it became more apparent that it, it's more exports and imports supply chain where stuff. things are hung up in supply chain there's a ton of orders out but we can't get them through yeah and so that the, the negative number is so low and there's so much pent-up demand in the spots where it's hung up yeah that it's not necessarily a true reading on what is trying to happen right naturally right. with the economy it's just kind of those hang-ups so yeah. um so for him he said hey you know the government pumped all this money into the economy right they did great they you know they dropped mortgage rates or they dropped the fed funds rate to zero right yep. which which kind of inspired mortgage rates down to that you know two and one, a half to, to, <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean they, they got really low really right low, yeah. and so you had this moment where 
the money was so cheap and the government just kept buying mortgage-backed securities for two years. Yeah, they were buying and they, a lot. And they probably overcooked it. Maybe he said, like, had they, if they had the chance to go back again, they should have done it for the year because mm-hmm. you had to make sure that you didn't spiral down. I mean, sure. it, it could have been a catastrophic sort of event. He's back you know? on it, yeah. And after that year, they probably should have eased back. Yeah. Because the whole second year could have been avoided, but it wasn't. Sure so, made it for a, a spectacular year. What a, what a paying, frenzy. It's a hangover now, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely right. So right. it's, I mean, I, I think guys like you and I are smart enough to know, like, hey, we had great years, but let's save money, keep, you know, cash is king, right? Keep Put some liquidity. Some and, and, yeah, good assets and buy some stuff. And, well, and even keep some cash there because who knows? Like, yeah. the, what do the next two years look like, right? I just talked about 40% less pending home sales. Sure. So is your you income going to be down 40%? Probably. It's a, well, it's a question, least, right? Yeah. It's something that you just have to be prepared for. It yeah. could happen. And you know, in my mind, absolutely not. It's not happening, buddy. Not for me. <laughs> I just got to work 40% the harder, mark, uh, right? yeah, or smarter, right? Smarter you know? and harder. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's the difference when, when, when people do good business, right? Yeah. It's times like this, that you're going to shine. We're going to shine. Right. right. And you a know, lot of the guys that, that were just kind of catching the low fruit are going to yeah. slowly disappear. So true. So that's the positive thing. It's the transition part. That three-month period in transition, like, mm-hmm. is the hardest part. Because there's always know? a way. Once once that transition's over, you know, things sort of equilibrium equal out, and it's like we're still here shining. You're still yeah. here shining, but a lot of the other people just disappeared. People, so. Some people just can't make it through that rough little storm. You know, whether it lasts three months, whether it lasts eight months, a year, two years. Like, as long as you can make it through that year or so, then. You know, there's got to be ways to make money, and there's always there's always opportunities, always, right? And always. You can see that. Um, people always have they have to have a place to live. I still think the supply and demand is out of whack. I think there's there's definitely, um, you know, you you, you well, Here's a question: um, Airbnb. I have an Airbnb in in Park City, right? And we're watching like uh, you know we're getting any new rental requests, and you know we got a couple, not nothing crazy. It wasn't like last year. Mm-hmm. I think last year at this time we had more. Um, you know, you wonder like in these ski resort towns, are, are there going to be, you know, is San Diego Airbnb going to be still strong? Uh, will that cause investors to say, Hey, maybe I should offload this property if, cause I'm not getting the same money and not getting the cash flow I wanted. Although what's, what was crazy is you could rent your place for three months. Right. And then like that would pay for the whole year of your mortgage. Yeah. So like, you know, as long as we get that, you know, you can break even and then you're fine. Cause you know that at some point, you know, inflation, right? Rent has gone up, you know, historically Airbnb prices have gone way up. So like that's, that's a question is like, are you seeing any cracks in the Airbnb model? So investors, I I think so. Yeah. Right. And, and so here's the deal, right? Um, it's always the secondary housing markets that get hit first. Yeah. Right. So I was talking to an agent up in big bear, right. And their prices were nuts, but it's like, you don't need to have a home up there. Right. You don't. Right. And there's no industry. There's no like, I mean, again, services, right? Maybe you're an sure. attorney in Big Bear. Maybe you're a real estate agent in Big Bear. Maybe you're a mortgage guy in Big Bear. Maybe you're yeah. a chiropractor or you know, a doctor. But sure. like, there's no big industry up there. There's no large number of employees up there. It's mostly tourists and vacation. It's tourists rental. and yeah. vacation, right? Sure. And, and so we're still in this point. Like, we're still in this uh, point in time when, according to, to Greg Meyer, right? He's saying, look, we're studying consumer behavior. People think it's a bad time to buy cars because the prices are high but they're still buying cars. Yeah. 
people are still buying boats. People are still spending money. We, we got on that mm-hmm. two-year binge, and it's hard to, like, cut those habits off. People, well, are, people one, are vacationing right now. you couldn't even get a car. I know. It was crazy. And you couldn't even get a boat. Well, I mean, I remember when like, you wanted to buy, like, a, you know, a, like an Escalade or, you know, sure. a, a Suburban or something. Like, you yeah. know, to, like, you could get them under MSRP, under, like, 15 grand under MSRP. And then there was a moment there where they were, like, 20, 30 grand over msrp over. right yeah. you know i have friends that are flipping cars right now yeah it's crazy i'm so, like this is a but, weird time but right? this is it's weird time right <laughs> so, so those secondary housing markets i think they're going to see some some atrophy on those prices they're going to yeah. have to see the prices come down right because it's not a uh the thing about home ownership is like there's a necessity people need a place to live yeah but they don't need a vacation home right right so you're going to get some of that and then san diego the airbnb dynamic is a little different right because now san diego is going to come out and give a certain number of um licenses out yeah right and so you're going to get more of that in the mission beach and pacific beach area and then outside of that there's going to be some licenses but it it, there's not going to be as many so the month-long rentals that you would have to do to not be part of that in violation like Mm -hmm. i mean those are just not quite as fruitful right sure you don't get as many people coming to san diego for a month as you do for a week right so so yeah i think i mean all that tightens up a little bit and and maybe it should because it it i mean not only did it make real estate a vehicle that just went up like crazy in price, but it also took homes off the market for people to live in. Yeah. Cause yep. you took, you took homes and turned them into investments everywhere. Right. right? And so, and, and you know, San Diego is a, a unique market in the sense that everyone wants a vacation here, like people in Arizona, people mm-hmm. in New Mexico, people in Colorado. I mean, all up, you know, Oregon, Canada, they all want to come down here, right? Well, anywhere hot too, the desert, yeah. like Palm Springs, there's a whole group of people come from Palm Springs and you know, mm-hmm. you go into the Marina where our boats at and like every other boat is Arizona or Nevada. Yeah. Yeah, right? it's hot. It's like a it's a condo on the water in San Diego, right? right? And so you know they either own property here, or they own a boat, or they own both. Definitely. So I have a theory that people right now who are listing their houses are going, oh shit, I missed the market, I missed the wave to get my top price. So they're putting it on the market, and they don't necessarily need to sell it. It's not like a necessity. It's a it's a it's a greed thing. It's not a need. It's a greed, right? Yeah. And so they're <laughs> listing their house to see if they can be one of those last lucky people to get the top of the market. Unicorn buyers. Yep. yep. And yep. then and then they're going to go, ah, I didn't get my price. I'm I'm just going to take off the market. Do you yeah. think that's a, a theory that's for valid? Sure. For sure. I mean, cuz like they don't need to sell, right? They're not like a certain going to num- foreclose if they don't sell or they're not going to like, you know, I mean, I can give you a specific example. Yeah. And, and we're going to see this more and more. And that's always the fringe, like the transition. You're always going to get that type of person yep. because there was an opportunity. And now they're going to, they're jumping on the bandwagon kind of at the end trying to seize the opportunity. But I mean, right before here, I was in Del Mar showing a property on, on Mango Way, right up over the canyon. You can see the five, you can see the mm-hmm. whitewater views, everything, right? Mm-hmm. And it was sold two years ago for three, nine right for three nine they've yeah. got it listed at five million right now two years two years right excuse me two nine sold for two nine and now they've got it listed at five million <laughs> and and we were there normally you don't meet the seller but the seller was there as agents out of the country right now so the seller met us there and walking through and it's like well, okay tell us about what you did since you bought the house because it was rebuilt like beautiful home rebuilt in 2014. um you know he put twenty thousand dollars in like audio equipment in put a couple of TVs in. I mean, he, he made a wine room. Like mm-hmm. he didn't make significant changes to the house. Yeah. There's no real reason it should be that. And, much and here we are 5 million. Right. And so I, I asked him, I said, Hey, like help me out here. Right. I'm, 
you know, you gotta, you gotta take a, a soft approach. You don't want to ever insult anybody, yeah. especially your seller, right? On a place you made me write an offer on. that much. Yes. <laughs> you I'm, don't like, I'm like, I'm like, Hey, like, you know, I, maybe I'm just missing something. I might, you know, I might be foolish. Sorry. I'm, I'm like doing my best, but like, I'm just trying to find a, a couple comps to like support this. Can you help me out? Yeah. And uh, interestingly enough, he's a developer too. And he goes, well, he goes, yeah, you probably won't be able to find a comp to support it. But he goes, I'm a developer and I, I know the cost to build this thing. And I mean, the quality was like top, 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 top notch. Teak yep. everywhere, inside and out. Beautiful stone, like, I mean, beautiful limestone with fossils. And I mean, beautiful, mm-hmm. like every surface, like beautiful, right? I mean, copper, um, all the downspouts, everything, all the gutters, copper, all the flashings, copper, like, yeah. I mean, top quality home. And he goes, well, I, you know, I know the cost to build this. Yep. And you couldn't even build this for five million today not to mention like the land and everything, yep. you know? So, so, I mean, you're going to have different people that are going to rationalize coming up with that unicorn price, right? That maybe that one buyer will pay. Cause maybe 5 million is nothing to somebody. I mean, if there's know? people coming down from the Bay area still, they might. And, and, and it's all foreign relative. buyers, right? Might. It's all relative. You know, yeah. I mean, you get somebody that makes it, you know, I mean, even, I don't know, $2 million a year, right? Just, just, they, I mean, that's not a ton of money when you're talking Bay area and LA and yep. they make $2 million a year every year and they can count on it. And, you know, and they sold their house million way dollar overpriced house, up like, in Bay area. Then they're like, that's it. what else am I to do? Right. Well, I even go back to look at like somebody that's buying a million dollar house and how much money are they making a year? And when you kind of look at the ratios and do the math, like the guy buying the $5 million house is making, it, it's nothing like for him in terms of like his, sure. his debt to income ratio and his whole like portfolio of all of his net worth. Like it's nothing, you yeah. know? So, and they can still borrow against your stocks, right? At cheap, like you can still, yeah. yeah, you can do, um, you can, you can margin do pledged loans. asset loans or yeah. loans on margin. Yeah. You can do all that. So, so that's still low versus, you know, getting a jumbo rate mortgage. It's in the fives, you know, it's like, well, I'll just sit on this for a year with my stock. I mean, I'm still seeing jumbos in like the, I mean, if you go to like a 30 or fix, yeah, 4875, but I'm seeing jumbos down in like the, you know, 4375 four, range. Nice. For yeah. a five year, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dan Riley, one of our buddies, just got a locked in at like 3% on a, on a 10 year, you know. Nice. So. Is that a credit union? It was a credit union loan. They yeah. are and just I'm like, crushing it right now with yeah. rates. Well, I think they just lag behind everybody else. Yeah. So, so, I mean, three months from now, I'm sure they'll be kind of on par with everybody. Yeah, because they get their money. It's like community-based, member-based, right? It's like yeah. A, I mean, unbelievable. And, and so, so great. for us, that kind of helped us keep our run going with mm-hmm. our buyers so they didn't get squeezed. You but send I mean, them over to the credit unions. And, again, I mean, but it was, you know, again, the relationship yeah. and the Danica Associates Home Buyer Advantage. We've got all sorts of cool stuff, you know. That is cool. Well, uh, it's interesting one of the biggest challenges was that people would be like, well, okay, like I, I want to list my home and sell it, but like, I can't find a place to buy. Mm-hmm. And so we would say, okay, cool. Here's your house. It's worth 2 million. All right, cool. You've got a million in equity. How much do you need for your down? Okay, cool. We'll, we'll give you 80% of the equity you've got. We'll give you $800,000 to go buy the house that you want yeah. whenever you find it. So here you go. You've got a letter from us. We'll give you $800,000 when you find the, the right listing, house. Right. They go out there, they find it, they write their offer. It's not contingent yep. because we're going to give them the 800000 And two days before it closed, boom, we send them the $800,000. They buy the house, they get it, right? They get their normal mortgage, they move in, they move out of their current house. You know, we get it painted up, staged, any work that needs to be done, get, just get it like perfected, ready to go to market, sell it, yep. and then they get the money back. That's right. Great. And so it's like, again, trying to just create a different environment to mm-hmm. solve the problems that exist. Right? I love those creative ideas to, to help homeowners buy. You, know? I, you have to. It's, it's and, a and the market was there, just so you know? nuts. You, could, you couldn't buy it unless you had like no contingencies, right? It's yeah, like they wouldn't accept it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you had no chance. Right? One thing also that I noticed uh, that was a trend over the last uh, two years was 
probably the majority of home offers that were accepted were either cash, right? Mm-hmm. That would be the first one. If you if you were a, a, a seller and you're looking at all these offers, you got 10 offers, right? Yeah. You're going to put, <clears throat> here's my two cash offers. Mm-hmm. Here's my three that are 50% down, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, or, you know, um, no contingency or like 50% equity. Um, small loans, like they've, they've got a ton of cash you're seeing in their balance sheet or their, their bank statement. You're like, okay, yeah, they got the money to put down. And then you're looking at these, you know, government loan loans, or you're looking at these loans that are like, like, like I'm not going to do that. I don't want to. So they're going to take the cash first. Yeah. Or they're going to look and see what's the highest, but then they're going to go, oh, these two are, in the, uh, these are two highest offers. They're both cash. Let's take one of these. So my point is that I think the majority of homes that sold in the last two years were either there weren't like high LTV loans. So what I'm trying to say is when the when it does correct and there's a 20% drop or what even say 30 40% drop if there if that even happens. Yep. You're not going to have these people that are severely underwater because a lot of them were cash or like big down payments. Yeah, so um you know if, if you weren't a cash offer and you won, yep. you were the highest price and you had zero financing contingency right or you had zero appraisal contingency. And what that means is that you had to come down and bridge the gap. So mm-hmm. if you paid $4 million for, or if you wrote an offer for $4 million on a house or, you know, whatever number it is, right? Yep. And then the appraisal comes in at 3.8, like you're yeah, covering the difference. Yeah. You're covering the difference. And so that just means more equity in the market because when it's that competitive, only the strongest survive. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I didn't love the market from the last two years just from a perspective of like, you know, like. I, I love the San Diego guys. So you see the barrier guys and the LA guys coming down like with bigger money and just being sure. the San Diego's out, the locals out. So like for me, that's like sad, right? Sucks, I, you know, yeah. I want, I want, it's probably know. all the Floridians and the uh, people from Idaho who are for sure. Same thing, like Arizona, get your California out yeah, of here. Oh, right. Yeah. They, I mean, they're hating everybody coming over there with big money from California for sure. Right, you right. know, and it, there's a certain part of you that you're like, man, this is, you know, or, or sellers were just, taking advantage of buyers. No, there's all these things wrong that come back in the inspection, buyers repair requests. So I was like, no, not doing it, not yeah. doing a thing. Do it you yourself. <laughs> you can, I got 12 people behind you. Go yeah. ahead, walk. I mean, right. it was terrible, right? That, yeah. I mean, for, for trying to provide a good experience for clients, like mm-hmm. that's just terrible, right? So are you seeing some price reductions? I'm sure you are, right? Oh, like, I mean, on, honestly, so um, I haven't personally had any yet, mm-hmm. but uh, like 28% of the listings in the county have been reduced in price. And like so how much reduced? Like what percentage roughly? Um, I don't have just guess. those numbers. Like 5% I, I, I mean, reduction, I, 10%. I, I see price reductions of $100 down to like, I've seen some 8% reductions, Okay, you know? And so it, it's all over the board, right? Very case I bet by you case. people are coming from like this lofty price that they thought, like, you know, I'm going to just go way out, you know, above what it probably would appraise for. And then, so now it's like, okay, back down. Let's let's back it down, you know, a little bit to what's more realistic, but it's probably still inflated on those prices. So I, I mean here's the here's the deal, right? You're always gonna have we're human beings. And every seller, like that's the interesting thing about residential real estate and why like a lot of people just people want to do it, but then they get in there and they realize what it is. It's tough because every yeah. seller is different. You're dealing with a different personality on every deal. Right. And so you get people that literally price their house as if the market kept going. Right. And so I don't necessarily think the market's um, softened yet. And I shouldn't say that, like, I don't think prices have come down yet, right? What right. happened is, is you got people that either overpriced or projected, like, where the market was going. Yeah, and, and so, drew like, that the last line. sale was here. And they just and kept drawing. Gonna, yes, But exactly. it's really like, well, now let's come back to here. Yeah. Because there's not, we're not going to continue this momentum. Correct. Like, I don't think in this moment of what I call the knee-jerk reaction to like everything going on with rates getting so high and the Fed's raising rates and the sure. war in Russia and everything going on. I, I don't know that right now 
I just don't think we're going to see uh, prices continue to rise in right. this moment because there's too many people concerned about like what's going on. What's the stock the market's down twenty three and a half percent. Crypto's down fifty plus percent, depending on what you yeah. own. I mean, and so a lot of that was also pushing the market, right? Yeah, which was very interesting. Um, I want to tie it back because I did a bad job. I talked about we were flying down the freeway at two hundred miles an yeah. hour, and you were talking about inventory and. And so the market, we're flying down the freeway 200 miles an hour. Homes are just going off the market instantly with multiple offers. We got used to insanity, right? Like how often are you driving down the freeway at 200 miles an hour? Right. And I mean, now it's like we're back at 70, I would even say 85 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. It's still fast, you guys. It's still, still a seller's fast. market. It's a slight seller's market right now. And we're working our right. way towards more of a balanced market, right? Yeah. A balanced market. You wouldn't market. say it's a buyer's market today. No, but I would say it's a better in, it's Balance. a better market yeah. environment for a buyer today than it was, you know, yeah. 60, 90, 120 days ago. Right. There's there's less buyers in the market, right? Yeah. Some people got spooked. Yeah. Some people they don't qualify now because the rates went up, right? So still cash buyers. It's uh, there's still there's always cash buyers. There's always cash. Yeah. What there's, about like in in um, corporations buying? Um, I'm not seeing that so much anymore. I think because corp most corporations, I mean, it depends on if they're private, but I mean, a lot of the yeah. companies that are public, they have to answer to shareholders and it, it's a risky bet right now to go out sure. and buy a thousand single family homes, right, you know, right. you, I mean, you could win big, right. But, but it's a risky bet. So, yep. and so I think that's where you've got a lot of people just paused. Yep. Let's just say 40% of the people, cause we're seeing 40% less pending home sales. And that's just mm -hmm. an indicator for one month snapshot, 2021 versus 22 for June. Yeah. But I mean, that's all we can work off of is like those snapshots and what we're seeing. But you see that, right? So 40% of the buyers are on pause. Doesn't yeah, they're mean like, they're like, hmm, let me assess this. It, yeah, exactly. Doesn't Let's mean they don't the want a home. Doesn't mean they don't want on. an investment. Yeah. Doesn't mean they don't want a vacation home, you know? So, right. and you get that knee jerk where, oh, wow. Oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, what's going on here? Rates just went up 2%. Like the cost of money almost doubled, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, prices went up 20 plus percent the last two years, you know? Like that's... That's real. Yeah. You know, I, so. I keep seeing like, you know, I go on TikTok sometimes, but my TikTok is very much real estate related. Um, I'm laughing at you inside. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I've got teenagers. They're, they're, uh, they're always on, on TikTok and that's kind of how I found out about it. And when I went on there at first, it was just all nurses dancing, but now it's like my whole feed is real estate and like, you know, like some politics, but mostly like real estate stuff and mortgage stuff and, and, and then, you know, finance and success. And, and so I have these like, I see these posts where like people are predicting a massive crash in real estate. And I'm just like, they, they're equating it to 08. And I'm just like, ah, these people don't, they weren't through, they didn't go through they, it. They, they don't know. There's some definite, there, there's definitely some underlying factors that are very, very, very different. Very yeah. substantially different. But like, but you know, they're thinking like, oh, this is now my time to buy. Like I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get a cheap house and then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have my time in the crash and they were all kind of waiting on the sidelines to do this. Right. Like, and so I go in there sometimes and I'll comment like, you know, what, what, what I, and I say like, the I just fundamental. Want to read your comment. <laughs> my comments are very subtle and like, not like, not, I don't get anyone angry, but I'm like, look, you know, this is the difference. Like people have low rates. They have affordable, their homes are cheaper than if they were going to go rent, you know, like there's like, why would someone sell it? Don't have to sell. Maybe the people that are dying, you know, they're boomers. They're going to have to sell. You know, but there's that'll get absorbed, right? I mean, because well, well here's the thing, right? Here's one thing that I, I just keep going back to, right? Because we have to look at just facts and then try to figure out what us crazy human beings are going to do. Right. You've got more equity than ever in homes. Right. And almost everybody, as you know, refinanced in the last two, three, four years, 
right? If so you, you didn't go, refinance in the last two years, you were so stupid. I mean, you just were Sorry. asleep at the wheel. If like you're you, watching this, you, you, you drove off the cliff and you didn't even know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so nobody's going to be motivated to sell a home necessarily when they're sitting on a 3% 30 year fixed or, a, yeah. you know, and, and some of these jumbo though. arm people are on 10 year arms at, you know, 2.5% interest only so cheap and it's like yeah so so that makes the home sticky right you really have to be motivated to sell because you've got a need right like oh my family just had another kid and we're short on bedrooms or like my mom's moving in with me or like you know something along those lines that's really going to force you to sell a lot of people will be like well yeah i I don't need to sell cool if home prices soften yeah i I mean i got a great loan i love where i live yeah yeah i have to rent it i can rent it and then go rent somewhere else i mean that's that's and a lot of people will they'll they'll rent their home out with that low rate that they lived in to go move up to the next home because we're i mean we're i mean right now like our big thing we're talking to a lot of move up buyers we still have people that want more space yeah and they're still going to buy but they they don't want to sell their home some of them don't want to sell their home some of them are doing pretty well and kind of planned for it um but do they have cash because they've saved? They so have they don't cash because they access save. The equity. Well, well, they don't need to access the equity because the rents cover their mortgage yeah. or is close enough. And then they've got good income and they have assets where they can use for they their down payments. Dance, yeah. yeah. So that's that that goes back to what we said earlier, like most equity ever, most savings ever. Cost is cheap of money. And the cheapest stock market, cost of money ever. The yeah. stock market is down, but it's still in the 30,000. I mean, the Dow's in over 30,000, right? Where we're like, what five years ago it was in the twenties? Like it's it's still up, up overall. overall, up overall, yeah. You know, yeah. If, yeah. You, if, you, if you went to like pre-COVID, before COVID hit, like we're we're still up. Like you know, we yeah. went way up and then we settled down some. But yeah, yeah. I mean, so if you if you have you know your stock portfolio over the last, and you're in your thirties, so maybe you started saving and buying stocks, you know, maybe through your four hundred and one k. In your twenties, you know, you've had ten years of up. And it's still up way more than it was 10 years ago. And I mean, again, nobody knows what's to come, right? You've got guys that like Warren Buffett that are obviously legacy intelligent and in the stock world. And he's still, you know, Berkshire just bought more Apple. I mean, they're still buying other stocks, right? So there's, well, there's so much cash in the market. There's There's always opportunity out there. These, 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 um, these companies are sitting on tons of cash, like these, these, and like, no, you know, so so one of the things things well, is like there's going to be a bunch of inve- um, retirees that are going to need to access their 401ks, like a massive amount of, you know, people that need to liquidate 401k money and IRA money. But and that's, it's not that's a, that is a bummer. It's, yeah. It's, but it's not yeah. like it's not like going to happen at once. Right. Like, let's say you're you're 70, 72 or 71. You're finally like, OK, I'm going to retire and I'm going to start getting my my money. I'm going to take it out. Right. You're not taking it all out. You're taking part of it out. Mm-hmm every year just monthly. just what you need to live on that year yeah, yeah so it's yeah. not like i mean i i think that sure we've got you know this this shift with that demographic but you also have a massive amounts of uh millennials that are putting back in 401k money right right yeah i think you know it'll be interesting to see but again you pump that much money into the economy people get like their spending habits i mean you look at restaurants right now you get a restaurant like I mean, I went, I took my mom out to dinner last night for her birthday, my mom and dad, and it was mm-hmm. an hour and a half wait on a Tuesday, <laughs> I know. on a Tuesday, I like try to get reservations. You keep every like, restaurant's yeah. packed. Like people are spending money. And so, you know, part of what the, the feds are doing, it's good. Like they're trying to slow people down from these habits. We got you. I mean, yeah. you know, like, I mean, it was overkill. It was crazy. Was you couldn't get a bicycle at one point. I'm, I remember trying to buy my kids those rad runner bikes. I, yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like during COVID, no bikes. Six I mean, months like, wait for your bike. You yeah. know, you're like, yeah, it was it was wild for was sure. Wild. So. so that that needed to change. Um, let's talk about um, 
you were talking about you just mentioned crypto so like you know when when crypto was way up right we this is funny. I know. My, my account is like down i'm down like 70 percent. I, I, I don't look at it as much as i used to and, and i don't have that much i, I yeah. kind of looked at crypto like for me bonds like i'm, I'm a like, young guy yeah. to be buying bonds but like you know you're just supposed to keep a small amount of your portfolio in bonds and so i yeah. just did some crypto and it was <laughs> i just laugh you know it's, it's well like know. i i remember someone i i watched these are my tiktok videos right one guy was like if you don't have at least one bitcoin in 10 years or 20 years from now, you're going to be so sorry because it's going to go, you know. So I bought one Bitcoin. That was like five years ago, right? When it was way cheaper. And then, you know, then I thought, well, if, if everyone's going to have one, maybe I should have two. I want to have more than it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love so it. So I ended up buying another one. And then, you know, I started buying like here and there over over time. So I have a couple. I have like two and a half Bitcoin, whatever. Not a lot. But it's gone way down, just like we said. But do you, do you think that because Bitcoin and, and all of the cryptocurrencies have kind of cracked, definitely crashed if that will affect those people like, like were you getting buyers that that were buying because they were rich in crypto for sure i mean because you've got buyer confidence right sure so, so i mean here's the thing like they're crypto millionaires and they're like i'm gonna buy a penthouse in san diego and i mean that's it right, right? um here's the deal like the last two years if you made good money the last two years like as human beings you start thinking you project but you project that you're going to make that money forever and you're never 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 gonna never gonna go backwards it's only gonna go that and better because it's just what we do we like like we're optimistic to some degree on that front right so so and when i say that when i say the crypto club or the crypto guys that got into that right like it you kind of start to believe that because you keep i mean you see the it's very volatile and but i mean the underlying money, right? trend yeah. going up and you know you got elon musk talking about it and all these big companies talking about hey we're going to start accepting crypto so it's everything's looking great on the horizon yeah. right yeah. so your confidence boosts and then you you're, you spend more money yeah. right and then something like this happens and now now those guys are out of the market because their down payments are gone right their confidence it's the confidence is gone right yeah, because yeah. because again like we talked about earlier like you know prior to this we talked about like hiring and how hard it is to hire right now well yep. you had a lot of people retire early yeah that was part of it like with COVID, a lot of people took that early retirement and like hey i'm done this is so much extra work it's so much harder and it's so controversial with the politics now and in the office space or the workspace sure, and, and i don't have to work and a lot of people job. just said yeah i'm fine like look my home value is as high as it's ever been my retirement accounts as high as it's ever been then they retire and then the retirement account drops 25%. The mm-hmm. home values are still solid. But, but you know, that was confidence that they sure. had. They're not going to buy that, their third home, their fourth home, whatever. Yeah. Second home. So just the confidence yeah. goes away and people yeah. just say, oh, I, I guess I better cool it. Right. You know, not because they what want to. What percentage of that was crypto buyers that, like the last couple of years? Of uh, years? So a, a lot of our younger people had... Um, definitely had crypto and we're and again it went back to that confidence so it, yeah. it, it helped them spend more money knowing that hey i got this crypto like I, you know i've got a ton of it and it's growing and it's going to continue to grow in their mind so yeah. i mean percentage wise i would say that probably i mean this is ballpark i have no data on this i would say just based on like my personal clients this is not a large pool of people maybe like eight ten percent yeah we had a lot of people coming to town for second homes and we're like hey we did we did relatively well, well on crypto. We're going to cash. And they cashed out. They did great. Yeah. If you went from crypto smart, to real estate, right? like, yeah. like, I mean, yeah, you did great, right? Because the real estate values have held and continue to go up and crypto's dropped. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that worked out. That's an guys. interesting thing. I mean, I've talked to people who say you, now is the best time to buy crypto. I've heard people that say, don't touch it with a 10 foot pole. I mean, you know, it's like nobody knows, right? It's like, but I mean, you talk to the smartest people out there that are wealthy and have tons of money. Nobody knows where to park their money right now. That's it's, a it's a problem. Like, like what asset class? Where do you where do you go 
with cash that's sitting there eroding at eight percent right now with inflation mm-hmm. and like like where do you go with it right what do you yeah. do with it right and nobody knows because now now real estate like is questionable like like do we see real i mean if, if interest rates yeah. keep going up real, real estate values can't continue to go up right. so so now real estate's off the table for a lot of those guys unless they're adding value or building right yeah. cryptos i mean you could make a ton of money in crypto but who knows yeah it's kind of a roll of the dice right yeah I mean, yeah. nobody knows. And where do you, bonds it's are, a big bet. bonds it's a are, big gamble. bonds are junk right now. I mean, yeah. the stock market, could it go down another 10%? I mean, sure. Could it, yeah. could it go down 20, 30? I, 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 mean, I mean, you never know. None of us know. Yeah, I don't have a crystal know. ball. So we don't, yeah. we don't. Um, let's talk about referrals. You're a real, real estate agent. Our viewers are mortgage brokers, right? So right now their pipelines are all the way down, right? Like you probably have a, a mortgage guy you work or girl you work with on a regular basis. How did you rec- create that relationship? Like, let's talk about how we can, you know, help these mortgage brokers get like, what's, what, what, what's a good approach to a real estate agent? I mean, it's so hard. Um, and I say that cause I, you know, you alluded to it before, like I worked yeah. in mortgage and that was my first thing. And like, yeah. you got to start cold calling realtors and like, you know, click. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, first of all, you're like, these guys are assholes, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're terrible human beings. They don't want to talk to me. And, and it's like, I, you guys, I won't tell you that they're just freaking really busy. Right. Sure. I talked yeah. about all those hats you have to wear earlier. And like, you're constantly going different directions, especially if you're producing. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. Like you have to guard your time if you want to do well. I mean, I would say that the best way to, um, kind of approach an agent is it's you've got to have either a differentiator or you've got to find somebody like you you talked about linkedin earlier you have to find somebody that you have in common yeah and connect that way because honestly there 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 is a shield around those guys that are because they're trying to like stay focused on everything and keep their business pumping and they've got their employee problems and everything else going on they're working on so i would say probably the best thing would be to find somebody else a common friend and then kind of mm-hmm. get an introduction that way because if it can start as a friendship first yeah and like you know i mean you how many you have 20 friends that are real estate agents right sure i have 20 friends that are in mortgage right yeah. and I, you know I, you want to sprinkle the business around but at the same time you also have to have your like thoroughbred reliable you know yeah if like, i if i've got somebody that's fit with you know first republic bank or this credit union or this would it's it. this, if it's, this if guy's it's a lot QM, tougher it's fun loans yeah, right i'm not you know to a, a broker because they can you know, they have multiple, you know, products they can use or whatever. Yeah. Um, what about bringing deals to real estate agents? So, I, it, honestly, it doesn't happen like a, that often. Like I, a pre-approved buyer, right, that we bring to you. Like, no, it's amazing, right? That would be every agent's um, dream. I, I'll tell you right now, like, the, the, the biggest challenge that real estate agents are going to face, and, I, and I'm sure it's in the mortgage space, but I don't follow your space like you do. Um, you know, tech is getting into real estate. Yep. And they're basically going online and capturing all the lead gen and then saying, hey. Zillow, those kind of texts. So like, yeah, like Zillow, like yeah, big yeah. Uh, Zillow, realtor.com. Like, yeah, the, yeah. So they're going like Zillow goes on now and like, Hey, we'll, we won't sell you guys leads anymore. We'll give you the leads, but you got to prove that you're a closer. You have to have like a great yeah. close ratio. Like we're going to monitor everything, which is great. Right. Accountability is amazing, but here's the deal, right? And they're going to take a, you know, 30, 35% chunk of that. Yep. So agents are, you know, I guess you take a marketing hat off, right? But then you're paying a 35% referral fee. So even though the consumer is paying a 2.5% commission or 3% commission, like, you know, on, on a list side, that would be five or six, right? Right. The the agent's not getting all that, right? So so you're starting to see agent commissions get cut. And it's not out, not necessarily by the consumer. And that happens too in some cases, right? Like the problems in the house, like, you know, you got to 
There's, you know, you I'm ask for a credit, the seller in this market bit, says you're yeah. not getting anything, and you're like, all right, it's a you know forty thousand dollar commission. It's a four thousand dollar problem. Okay, cool. Like we'll help out. Here's four grand. But yep. the consumer doesn't know that Zillow's getting thirty percent, or Realtor.com's taking twenty five percent, or you know any of that. So it's right. it, everything's compressing a little bit, right? So yeah. it's but you guys, but real estate agents still make what two, two and a half, two and a half on each side. So that would be like, I would call it standard two and a half on each side, but so take to take the 2.5, right. And so call it a million, so call it a million dollar commission or a million dollar sale. So it's a $25,000 commission. So now Zillow takes 35% of, of that. that. Yeah. Then the agent's brokerage takes, you know, 10, 15, 20% mm -hmm. of that. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you've got all your caught and then the government takes 50% of that. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah. you're, you're down to like a couple, a, a, a couple shekels. Yeah. You're down to a couple <laughs> shekels, but, but the normal like home seller would never realize that or a buyer that's trying to grind you for like, they think you're hey, making all that too. They think half, you're yeah. making all that money. And that's right. just not the case. Like just right. not, not in this world we're in and it, and it continues to shrink. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and it's good and it, it's good and it's bad. It's good. It, you know, it makes it tougher for the agents to, you know, make money. Like I, I liken it to this. If you're a, if you're a doctor today, if you're a general pr practitioner, doctor, it's not what it used to be. You're working for an HMO. It's just right. not the same, right? right. Like, you, you know, a normal doctor back in the day in San Diego, like you were living large. And now yeah. if you're a, a normal doctor, a practitioner, like you're doing, you're doing well, but it's, it's not what it used to be, yeah. you know? Yeah. So things are changing. Technology is always trying to, to shrink disrupt. that margin. Yeah, yeah. Disrupt. Yeah. Disrupt. They're trying to catch their piece of everything. Right. And, and everybody's being an entrepreneur and like, you know, so you just got to be innovative, <laughs> right? You got to find ways to, you know, yeah to uh, thrive. I did see a pretty cool, interesting statistic today that was <clears throat> the amount of businesses that were started during COVID was like double what normally is started in a, in a month or a year. So like, isn't that crazy? It's crazy. So like, like the, and I just looked up business applications like over the, you know, month over month and literally it, it fell off a cliff when COVID hit and then it just skyrocketed. It was, it started, it was like 200,000 a month new business applications. It went to like 500,000. I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to what, like what inspired that? Maybe just because people were at home and had more time. And or... they had the internet and they can go on YouTube and see like, you know, what, like, right? Like they had free time. And so they're like, I could do this. And then they got this money given to them by the government. And they're like, and I think the American dream, part of the American dream is to have your own business, right? Like, yeah. And so I think what that kind of inspires me is that like, it's, it's, uh, if that's happening, then like there's some hope, right? There's going to be people that are, you know, starting new businesses. It's like a fresh kind of like for, sprout oh, of for like, sure, for sure. I mean, we're we're in this interesting place in time where you know, older people like you had to go to college and you had to do these things. And today, and 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 don't get me wrong, I'm not devaluing the value of college. I mean, that's the that's kind of like your peer group, your tribe moving forward, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah. But today, you can learn anything you want online. Right. You can do online courses. You can just like watch videos online. I mean, so it's if, not the value is not in education. If, as if much. you're motivated, the yeah. education is at your fingertips. Right. If you have a laptop or an iPad or whatever, like I mean, you can. F and if you're motivated and you're hungry, you can. F you can find all you get the a Harvard right degree online. for free. For free, yeah. it's all, yeah. just your time. You've yeah. got to just pour your time in, right? And you can get right. everything. You know, if you're motivated. Out of that. Yeah. <laughs> the difference is, is when you're doing it alone, siloed in your living room, bedroom, kitchen, whatever, right? Yeah, you're not getting the camaraderie of all those other kids, right? Your the alumni, network that you would have, the right. network, right? Mm -hmm. So then when you come out, you don't have that same support, right? Where, Hey, sure. like John's my buddy from, you know, such and such school. Fraternity, like, yeah, brothers, yeah, USD or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Right? yeah, exactly. Right. And we're all like helping each other along the right. way. Cause we all know that we're 
great. Like we're awesome. John's great. Right. Like, of course I'm going to send my I'm non-Q. Gonna help, yeah. I'm going to help, yep. help each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, we've this hours flown by. Oh my God. <laughs> um, how do people find you? Uh, just visit us online at welcome to San Diego.com. Pretty awesome. easy. Yep. Absolutely. That's welcome cool, to San Diego.com. Well, this has been very educational and uh, inspiring. So thanks for coming on. Love it, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, and let us know what you want to see on the next podcast. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being a part of this uh, MDME, and we'll see you on the next one.